Welcome to this podcast series titled Devotional of a Psalmist. My name is Bridget Goodwin. I'm a pastor's wife, mother, songwriter, and worship leader. We currently live and work in London, England. Being a songwriter and worship leader, I have found great encouragement by reading the book of Psalms. And I hope you enjoy these precious gems that I have discovered in this book. I love God's Word, and by reading this and studying words interpreted using references, I would like to share these precious jewels with you. All scriptures are taken from the King James Version. I also use Strong's and Haley's Bible Handbook for references. For any more information about our ministry and notes from this podcast, please visit hlonline.org. May the Lord bless you. I have good news today. I would like to share with you the hope, the hope in the Lord. Do you suffer today from a physical illness or mental stress? We can have hope in the Lord. Each morning, His mercies are renewed. All you have to do is cry out to Him, and He in His tender kindness will stoop down to us, reaching, having mercy on us. But you have to turn to Him wholeheartedly, cry out to Him. And today, I'm going to share with you Psalm 6. This is my sixth podcast going through the book of Psalms through the eyes of a worship leader, songwriter. The title of this podcast series is The Devotional of a Psalmist, and I'm going to take the Strong's and use it to take the different terms and the interpretation of the Hebrew for an in-depth study of these words and how our eyes can be opened, our understanding can be clear what David is speaking about. So I'd like to first go through Psalm 6. I'll read it through the King James Version. Then I'll go back and I'll take the words that's interpreted using the Strong's and share that with you. Psalm 6 was actually penned by David. The heading under the Psalm 6, To the chief musician on Negoeth. Haley's describes it, as well as Strong's, it's a stringed instrument, possibly the head of strings, possibly the head musician of strings, upon Sheminith, probably an eight-stringed lyre, Haley's interpretation of that is a male choir. So this is a psalm of David. O Lord, rebuke me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. My soul is also sore vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Return, O Lord, deliver my soul. O save me for thy mercy's sake. For in death there is no remembrance of thee. In the grave, 
Who shall give thee thanks? I am weary with my groanings. All the night make I my bed to swim. I water my couch with my tears. Mine eye is consumed because of grief. It waxeth old because of all mine enemies. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity, for the Lord hath heard the voice of my weeping. The Lord hath heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. Let all my enemies be ashamed and sore vexed. Let them return and be ashamed suddenly. As I read through this, using the Strong's, you can see the anguish that David is going through. Such grief. Was this physical or mental stress? It could be both. He was so stressed and agitated that it affected his physical body. Such weeping was this. Was this when he was fleeing Saul? Or was this when he was faced with his own sins and weaknesses? I don't know. But you can see David turns to the Lord. He always turns to God for his deliverance. And let's find comfort because in the scriptures you can see that the Lord deals with his own. And chastening is not a mean or cruel act. Proverbs 3.12 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. Even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. Again, Proverbs says in 12.1, Whoso loveth instruction, loveth knowledge. But he that hateth reproof is brutish. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And let's look at this as David describes what he's going through. And an interesting thing to look at also is David going through this as he pens it? And as you read through the Psalms, as we read through this together, you're going to see where David, David turns. So let's start at verse 1. I'm going to use the Strong's. O Lord, correct, chasten me not in thine anger, neither chasten me in thy indignation. Have mercy, bend, stoop in kindness to an inferior, to favor, to bestow. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am sick. O Lord, cure me for my substance, my strength, my life. I, I'm vexed. I, I tremble inwardly. I'm alarmed. I'm, I'm agitated. My vitality is exceedingly alarmed, vexed. But thou, O Lord, how long? Turn back, O Lord, deliver my soul. Free me, succor me for thy kindness sake. For in death there is no recollection, no commemoration of thee. In the grave, who shall give worship with extended hands or praise? Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Work to remember the Lord, to recollect His great things, 
to worship Him. And remember that in death there's going to be no recollection, no remembrance. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that we must take hold of the things that God has given us and worship and praise Him. Verse 6, I am weary to be exhausted with, thy, with my groaning, with my sighing, with mourning. All the night make I my bed to causatively, to unindate, to swim. I water my couch with my weeping. It makes you wonder right here, did David have an illness upon him that caused him to be feverish? And through this mental anguish or physical ailment, however they're connected, sometimes when we are under mental stress, it causes our body to physically respond. Sometimes the opposite, maybe it's the body that's physically not well, which causes us to have mental anguish. But you can see this in David's life. A physical ailment, also with his mental anguish, I water my couch with tears, weeping. Verse 7, Mine eye is consumed, that it's fell, it is shrink. You know how sometimes that you've cried so much you can't even see because of grief, because of sorrow. It waxeth old, it grows old because of all mine enemies. Here is verse 8. Depart, go aside from me, all ye workers, those that systematically, habitually practice, commit iniquity. And again, iniquity could mean uh, specifically worshiping an idol. Uh, for the Lord hath heard the voice. Now this is where the change happens. For the Lord hath heard my call aloud of my continual weeping. Hear the change in verse 9. The Lord hath heard my entreaty, my supplication. The Lord will receive to take, accept my supplication, my prayer, my intercession. David draws comfort and hope that no matter what he is going through, the Lord will hear. David's praying. David's praying to the Lord. He is praying to the one that he knows that will make a change. Verse 10. Let all my enemies, those that hate me, my adversaries, my foe, what, what enemy are you facing today? Is it a financial enemy? Is it an enemy at work? Is it an enemy in your spiritual life? Let all mine enemies be disappointed. Hallelujah. It's time. It's time for victory. It is time for God Almighty to make known His holy arm in your life. Let all mine enemies be ashamed. Let them be disappointed. And speedily, let them be speedily alarmed agitated or tremble let them return retreat and be ashamed ashamed suddenly a week a short time of space hallelujah let them turn aside because you know why 
God will fight your battles. He'll grant you deliverance. He'll send help speedily. And suddenly, a short wink, a short space of time, a wink, and it'll be over. Trust in the Lord today, just as David. When you read through this chapter, you can see how David had enemies, but he didn't blame those around him for his situation. He put the situation, the enemies, in God's hands. God, you take care of it. You do what's necessary to deliver me. You take hold of this problem, this situation, and you turn for deliverance to God. Even David, he realized he couldn't blame those around him. David always accepts the blame of his own transgressions. He always accepts the fact that I'm the problem. Let the Lord do what seems fit. It's in the hand of the Lord. David had enemies, yes, and he put them in God's hands. We can't blame those around us. We must be like David. We must always turn and repent and accept our transgressions, our weaknesses, and realize that we're the problem. We're the ones that need to make the necessary changes. We can't point a finger at someone else and say, well, if you would do this, then I wouldn't have to do this. Let's first be accountable to ourselves. Even in distress, we must remember all things work together for our good. And whether we're in a chastening period, we must remember that chastening, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, it's not a mean or a cruel act. God is trying to teach us something. He loves us. And if you would go with me to Hebrews 12, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And the interpretation of chasteneth means to educate, discipline, instruct, learn, or teach. We're being taught of the Lord. What a blessed way for us on this journey on our spiritual walk, if we would look at our chastisement as an education, as instruction, being taught of the Lord, disciplining our lives. The scripture continues, if we endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth. The interpretation of yieldeth, give away, back, give back, repayment, perform, restore, render. So after God has worked in an area of our life, we're going to give back. We're going to render the peaceable fruit of righteousness. This is what we give back. And this is Hebrews 12, 6, verse 7 and 11. He does not afflict willingly. We all could relate to this chastening period of David. 
but God is right there to show mercy. If you would read in Lamentations 3, verses 1 through 18, the prophet Jeremiah describes his desolation of suffering. Such intense suffering as you read through these verses. This is what he's remembering. This is what he's recalling. But a change happens in verse 21. He recalls to whom he can hope. That's what we need to do. Sometimes we can dwell so much on the misery of our life and what's going on and, and how this is happening. I can't take this anymore. I know troubles and tribulation must come. Remember, this is working. The peaceable fruit of righteousness. Let it work. Let it be your teacher. But during this time, make sure that you point your direction to whom we can have hope, and that's the Lord. And that's what Jeremiah does. And this passage, as you would go with me into Lamentations 3, I'm going to start at verse 21. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fell not. They are new every morning. When you see that sunrise, let it be a token of a promise that today is a new day. Today, those mercies are renewed. They are new every morning because why great is thy faithfulness. Lord, I'm so unfaithful. I'm full of weaknesses. I'm full of needs. I'm weak, but thou art strong. And as I see that sun come up in the morning, it's a reminder to me that today's new. Today your mercies are new. Your compassions are new. Because great is thy faithfulness. Verse 24, The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. We can't hope in that job. We can't hope in that bank account. We can't hope in that credit card. We must hope in him, our Jehovah. We must hope in his word. Verse 25, The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. What are you seeking today? Seek ye first him. Seek ye first the kingdom. Seek ye first the things of the Lord, laying your treasure up in heaven. For where your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Verse 26, It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait. For the salvation of the Lord. It's time to wait. It's time to hope. Also in verse 31, I'm going to move to verse 31. For the Lord will not cast off forever. Though he cause grief, yet will he have compassion according to the multitude of his mercies. For he doth not afflict willingly nor grieve the children 
of men. We can hope in the Lord. Great is His faithfulness. Great is His faithfulness. Every day is a new day. Every day we can depend on the mercies and the faithfulness of Him. So let's remember in Romans 8 verse 28 that even in our distress all things work together for our good. If this Psalms would have ended at verse 8 it would be very depressing, wouldn't it? But in verse 9, God comes to the rescue. We have hope. And that's what David portrays in his psalms. You can see the distress. You can see the troubles. You can see the problems. You can see his humanity. But somewhere in that psalms, hallelujah, you can see when David focuses, looks up, looks up to the hills from whence cometh his help, remembers, that's right, I have God, I have the Lord, I have hope. Let me remember what he has done for me. And his situation changes. We need to search the scriptures and remember that in his word we can find comfort and we can find hope we can find direction. I would like to leave you with this final scripture. Romans 15 verse 4. Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Take this word of God. Like I said in former podcasts. Memorize it. Hold it dear. Hold it as the center of your life. In it, we have hope and patience and comfort. Let's pray today. Pray with me. Lord, as your people face problems and situations in their life, we pray that their direction and their hope can be directed towards you, that they can lift up their eyes to the hills from whence cometh their help, which is you, the strength, the source of power, the source of help, that you and your mercy, you would stoop down and reach out to us and deliver whatever ailment is upon us, whether it's a mental stress whether it's physical or whether it's both of them, both, both of them adding to the distress of our life. We pray for deliverance. We pray today, Lord, as we look to you, we direct our attention to you. We're listening, Lord. We're listening. We pray today for your strength, that those mercies, your mercies that are renewed every morning, your faithfulness in our life will make that difference today, right now, will make that difference that you'll send your word and heal. You'll send your word to deliver because we recall the many times that you've delivered us. 
the many miracles that you've performed in our life. Or if someone listening today, this is new to them, and they haven't experienced your wonder, may this right now be their first experience of you delivering them and helping them to see that you are still on the throne, that you are faithful, and we can have hope in you today. We pray that you put your arms around us as a father would lovingly care for his children. That as you instruct us, Lord, that we would look at the chastening as instruction because you're teaching us to be like you. And we will return in our actions with the peaceable fruits of righteousness. Continual, continually work in our lives, Lord continually to direct us on this path. Keep our eyes on you, focused, hoping in you. Almighty Jehovah, we depend on your mighty arm to deliver us. And Jesus, our Savior, thank you for paying the price so we can have forgiveness. Every moment of every day, we appreciate your presence in your precious name. I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. The views expressed are my own personal discoveries. I pray that you have been edified. All music used during this podcast are either my own compositions or my arrangements of public domain music. The two songs today, The God of Abraham Praise and Great is Thy Faithfulness, are available for inquiries on how to purchase this please visit our website, hlonline.org. Also, if you have any prayer requests or comments, please feel free to go to hlonline.org and email me. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make His face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.